Great. So good evening. I think uh, um, we always say we do not know what lies on the other side of our obedience. And um, if you know my story, it's actually amazing. I always say if there was something I would never do and a place I would never live, I'm actually now. And um, what I want to say is, you know, I, I just want to honor Chris. You know, there was coming from a place in Durban, a church called Glenrich, and they decided Pretoria uh, in South Africa needs, that was very true, and um, they decided to come and leave, you know, leave Durban, leave the sea, and uh, which is not a person, and uh, planted a church called Capital City Church or 3CI, and then planted many other churches, and one of the churches is called Highway Church. And uh, we had the privilege, you know, about almost 11 to take over the leadership there. And God has just done incredible things. So I really want to honor, honor you, Chris. Chris, their hearts after God. And, and uh, like I say, I always say to people, I'm living a dream I never thought I had. And uh, I used to be with you here tonight. Thank you, Rob and Linda, you know, well of life for really creating this incredible thing up event and everything that's been done. It is amazing to be here. And, uh, yeah, you know, we've been to the anniversary. I took my wife to, um, what's it? What's it? One of the, Jumeirah Beach, one of those hotels. While it was and um, what is amazing, as amazing as it is, I want to say, being here tonight, worshiping any nations, tribes, and tongues far outweighs what we had then. So uh, that is what we're looking forward to. Every nation, tribe, and tongue ministering before God. So... I want to share with us tonight um, from the book of Matthew, verses, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35. And again, the context is by Jesus on the most incredible journey to go and make disciples of Jesus. All. And even tonight, we have a taste, we have something of what God is busy doing. And I want to bring God to stir our hearts as it has already started to be stirred, you know, probably even before this conference, or, sorry, it's not a <laughs> before this non-conference event, um, I, I want to say, uh, really want to stir, you know what, say yes to Jesus. You do not know, you do not know what the next few years might hold for you. So, Matthew 9, 35, Jesus, he went through all the towns and villages, he's preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to his disciples, It is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers. And Lord, we want to thank you for your incredible word. And even tonight, may we hear your words to us as to see the harvest wherever we are, and that the I pray, tonight there is something of a commissioning. Tonight, Lord, more workers will sign up. More people will be drawn in, Lord, to this wonderful work, this amazing that you've called us all to, Lord. Come and have your way with us, Lord. Come and speak to us. Make your word alive to us, we pray. Amen. Now, once upon a time, there was uh, this shoe company, and they decided they want to sell more shoes. And they decided, let's go into the territory of Africa. So this person sort of on the east coast of Africa. And they send another shoe salesman on the other side, the western side. Of them go 
and just go and s- explore a little bit what is the opportunity for our shoes in these. So after about a month or so, they checked in with the shoe salesman to try and find out, you know, what's the market? You know, is, is there any opportunity? So the, the person on the East Coast came back and said, you know, everyone is barefoot. No one wears shoes. We might as well just forget about it. No chance. Leave it. I'm coming home. And they sp- they, that's quite interesting. So they made contact with the person on the western side. And he said, you will not believe it. Everyone is barefoot. Send as many ships as you can. Containers with shoes. We have the greatest opportunity. So I want to ask you, considering this story, considering the world we are living in, a a world just sort of recovering, coming out of COVID, a world in crisis, a world in confusion. One of these two salesmen represents you. Are you looking at this world and, and just saying, you know what, this world, if I tell you that the gospel represents shoes, do you see there's an opportunity? Hopeless, there's just no chance. What is the chances? You know, as we've just heard in Turkey, with so many million people, you know, what what do you do in Turkey? Hey, what could 12 people, really 11, one was a dud, what can 12 people, what can 11 people do? We are testimony and millions and millions of what 11 people can do when they surrender and give themselves to the things of God. And actually, I believe that God had a world for us, a world that is stripped of many things they trusted in, a world that is barefoot, ready and ripe for the gospel, the good news of them, to be presented to them. The greatest need of every generation, and that is what's always separated the people of God, is to be able to and look from a different angle and a different perspective how what is happening right now fits in the thing that God has been doing and started doing thousands and thousands of years ago. That's how when Silas was able to, in the inner prison, beaten, you know, just persecuted and all these things, being able to worship God because they were able to see their suffering in the context of the great plan that was unfolding around them. You see, just consider Jesus. You know, when Jesus, His people or the people of God has just come out of what we call 400 silent years. You've seen the Old Testament, it ends... And then you read the New Testament, it seems like something is missing here. And that's what the theologians call the 400 silent years where it seemed like God was silent. It seemed like God is still. And I think we can, you know, Jesus comes and they are under Roman rule, living in a totally pagan society. God did what, you know, whatever seemed right to them. This is the context Jesus comes in. We can easily look at this and we can think, you know, as God... If I look at the culture, I look at churches, many churches in decline all over the place, I can think, he's given up. Why is God silent? Why is God not moving? Does God not know what's happening right now? I want to quickly just tell you what happened in those 400 years. Firstly, they were taken over by the Persians. Rule, the, the Persian government actually declares that all conquered people needs to go back to their places. So what does God do? First step, God sends His people back hey, to where they came from. And what happens next is we see the Greek Persians. So what did the Greeks do? They, had, they were always 
they, they built education. The whole world, one language called Greek. Eh? And it's amazing how it, this language was a language that suddenly everyone could start communicating with one another. Then they have a little independence. But in that time, what God was busy doing through a guy called Mattathias under the Maccabees, he got the people back to the idea of we serve only one God. Because remember, they were under foreign rulers, pagan rulers who, who believed in many gods, and that was what God was doing through them. And then lastly, we find the Romans were system people. So the Romans built roads. They made everything safe so that you could now between cities. So what, what's the point? What seemed like 400 silent years, like God was not doing anything, like now we can look at COVID and think, ah, what good can God do? What good can come of what's happening through the financial crisis and all these things that's happening around us? What seemed like actually very active and ready, getting the people back to their country, getting the world to talk, getting roads, connecting cities, so that when Jesus came onto the scene and believing in one God only set the scene for this gospel to spread like wildfire when it started. So I want to say what has happened to us has been a wake-up call. What if behind the scenes God has been getting us the workers to arise, for the workers to go out, for what is happening behind the scenes, things, removing restrictions, doing all various things so that, so that we can be ready for this great um, outflow of this good news to come, for hearts to be ready. I don't know about you, but the more I speak to people, a lot of people are strong against God and all of these things. Suddenly they are open. Suddenly they, there's a, a, a far greater about faith and about God. So I believe we are now ready. We're starting to see a world that's ready. As God prepared this world for the first coming of Jesus, what has happened so far up to now has been God preparing this world for the second coming of Jesus. So considering this even today, you could either just see bare feet climbing globally, no one wearing any shoes, or of God's great mission, and see how God is using the internet, technology, financial collapse, instability to prepare this world with bare feet ready for the gospel, for the Christ and his kingdom. I don't know if you know the story of Cinderella. Okay. You know the story of Cinderella, the movie, you know? You know, Cinderella, the whole point of Cinderella is she is this, what's, how can I, descend? I can't even think of words to describe Cinderella. This, this unlikely lady that meets, has one moment with this king, and then most of the story, the, the servants are going all over looking for this shoe that she left behind to see to see who the shoe fits, fit the shoe on, the, on, on this chosen lady, you know, she transforms and she becomes that, in, you know, and they live happily ever after. So what's the point? Yeah. If, the, the, you know, God has got many chosen ladies this globe. In fact, there's over two billion chosen ladies. And we are the workers we are the king's rep who are being sent out in our workplaces, in our spheres, in our countries, 
and in other countries, we are being sent the gospel, this good news about Jesus, to go and try on the shoe and fit shoes with the chosen ladies. So the question is, how do we find the lost? How do we find those who are destined for this salvation? Well, tell Jesus, Jesus, wherever you go. You know, I love that someone recently shared with us the Great Commission. It says, go and make disciples. But what is actually saying there, he says, as you go, make disciples. As you go tomorrow, as you, as you go tomorrow, wherever you go, go and make disciples. Go and look for opportunities to make wherever we go. You know, Paul writes about this. He says, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You see, his feet is or are bare. What's the right English? Are bare. Future for this world is not good. Just people are fearful. People are hopeless. People are tired. People are worn out. People are walking barefoot in a desert. And we have the perfect fit. Shoot. We have this gospel, this good news of the kingdom of God that will restore their dignity. Their dignity that will restore as God's chosen lady, the bride of Christ, and to reunite them with their prince, King Jesus. What is the opportunity? There are over, as we just heard again, two billion people, Jesus, and the workers are few. This is what Jesus told his disciples years ago. And 11 of them went. And as I say, we are just a little example of their obedience, of them going out with this one desire to go and miss wherever they go. And this is what Jesus is calling us today. 2,000 years later, people of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So, why are the workers few? Isn't there people getting... How can it be that the workers are few? Well, can I say, the devil is very clever. Because if he cannot stop people from being saved, his next thing is to try and make people ineffective. Do you know what's been one of the greatest lies, his most effective deceptions of our time? Separate a salvation in Jesus from a discipleship to Jesus. Making it just about, you know, just... just you know, just get your fire insurance. Just don't go to hell. That, that's, that's all that it's about. When actually, it's calling us to something infinitely greater. To partner with Him. To walk with Him. To, you know, you know to accept Him. But now to become a laborer. To become a worker. Which is not, which is so, sorry. Which is so not what the gospel writers, the whole of the New Testament is all about. When Jesus calls, calls us to Him to send us never just calls us just to himself he calls us to send us we see we see it with the 70 he calls him to him and then he sends them out and again i say friend that is if it was just about salvation now but there's still work to be do to be done hey he calls us to send big lie why is there not why is there only few workers is he wants to make us believe that to follow those who are theologically trained or it's just been to seminary, 
or the full-time pastor or church worker separating the kingdom of God from all other work. So I wonder, we, we call this the sun. So I don't know if you know, but Christianity, we call it Christianity because it's about Christ. So it's about what to do. Just see what Jesus does and, and do that. Hey. So I wonder if I look at Jesus, when was and when was he secular? Hey? I mean, that's a silly question. No, no, we would say his life was spiritual. Well, friend, that is what we've been called to. You see, because we are called to this life that whatever we do, even if I take my dog for a walk, I'm doing it for the sake of Christ. Hey? For a moment, who Jesus has called to follow him over the last 2,000 years, fishermen, demon-possessed women, tax collectors, if you work for revenue service, <laughs> single mothers, the downtrodden, prostitutes, social orphans, nobodies, and then rulers, influential people, wealthy people. This is what we call a real fruit salad of people. Yes? From every shape and that has always been God's design. It's not just for the select few. No, he says the workers are few. Everyone is called. Everyone is invited to this great journey, this great adventure. So, he says we should pray. For what? For workers. Any specific kind of worker, Lord. Any preference. No. Whoever would believe in me. All those who make themselves available, God will make able. And I can tell you, I'm a testimony of these things. So, almost done. The harvest is the workers are few. You see, one of the greatest crises facing our time is a lack of godly and intent. We, we have a leadership crisis in this world. And we know when there's a lack of leadership, people are harassed like sheep without a shepherd. And people will do whatever. Isn't that what we see even today? It's like the world has run plans. Eh? It's like just everyone is just trying to do whatever seems right to them, but it's not working out that well. And what we have is we actually have a king. We have the greatest leader. His name is Jesus. He's calling us to be workers and to pray for workers, people who would lead others to Jesus and his king. I say, this world, I believe, is right and ready and, and right, prepared for this very thing like it has never been in a very long time. So again I say, we are not. We are saved to become disciples of Jesus. To become gospel works, what this life is about. As we go to make disciples. And then they make disciples. They make disciples. And we keep on doing it until Jesus comes back or we meet him before then. To become a co-laboring with Jesus. So in conclusion, are you single today? Are you, are you influential? Or are you a nobody? Are you barren? Are you wealthy? Are you poor? Are you educated? Or are you without education? Fatherless? Or maybe you've had a great earthly father. Are you hopeless? Are you greatly encouraged? Black? Are you white? Are you Asian? Everyone is called. Receive him as Savior 
and then to follow him as king. To make Jesus, make him famous wherever we go, in our city, our country, our continent, and even, you see, this is why we are still on this earth today, not to wait passively until everything gel, eh? but to take this gospel of this kingdom of God into the whole world because Jesus will come. Can I say, COVID, I don't know about here, but I can speak for maybe just a little bit for where we come from, but COVID revealed that many are more afraid of dying than really living. What scares you more? I tell you, what scares me is for me to one day stand before Jesus. Really killed it. I've, I've gone big. This, yeah, you know, you only took hold of this little. I had so much more for you. Eh? Tonight, I want to ask you, will you sign up? And I know many, you, maybe, if, you know, you're here because this is, will you become a worker? Will you move on from a salvation to a gospel partner? This is why we are saved. What you've been called to. The world is ripe and ready and waiting. We, have, we just need to say, yes, Lord. Use me, Lord. Amen.